as the old saying goes, those who fail to learn history are doomed to repeat it, but those who do learn from history can repeat the good lessons and apply them to today. And the same is true for philanthropy and fundraising. I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined again by my colleague, Dr. Kathy Boditer. Kathy is the Director of Graduate Programs at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, where she also teaches master's and doctoral level courses on history and the lessons from history that can inform us today for successful fundraising. And Kathy, thanks for being back on the podcast. And I know today you want us to learn from the Underground Railroad. What are the lessons right. that we can apply today? Thank you for having me come back and yes. always really anxious to have an opportunity to talk about history. So um, first I want to say, and every now and then this, is, this surprises people. It's not gonna surprise you or I would be amazed, anyone in your audience, but the Underground Railroad was a social movement. It was neither a railroad, mm -hmm. nor was it underground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and there's, uh, there have been popular histories and things that might le lead you to believe otherwise. So, with that in mind. Um, the Underground Railroad was a social movement that accomplished a number of goals to, um, to avert what was public policy mm -hmm, at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's easy to forget because we take things for granted that of course we should never have um, enslaved persons in our country and things like that. But this was a morally complex movement because the people who participated had to violate existing laws in order to do really the right thing for um, for their morality, moral imperative for their fellow human beings. So there's a lot that we can learn. Um, people were sometimes looked at within their own communities, even within their own faith communities, as radical. You've heard me say that before when we talked about women's suffrage. You know, mm -hmm. who are these? these fringe people mm. who are trying to disrupt society. And sometimes disruption is, is a good thing, right? So the interesting aspects from, that relate to fundraising are um, the roles of everyday people, particularly women. And of course, our colleagues at the Women's Philanthropy Institute will tell you women are great fundraisers. Mm -hmm and powerful donors. And we saw this really come to life and it was a persistent movement for decades, finally leading up to public policy change. So women built on decades of organized benevolence and British models of anti-slavery work and abolition. And the Underground Railroad was largely led by women. There were some significant men um, like William Lord Garrison, who published newspapers and things like that. But a lot of this groundswell and grassroots movement was made up of women. And so um, there's a biracial coalition, okay. um, white women, women of color working together. And their most effective technique, which we know today is still the most effective, was educating their donors and volunteers. And so women would write, would lecture, would go door to door in their communities talking about the perils of enslavement and why their 
um, their, their faith tradition or their, their moral calling um, compelled them to do something about it. So again, we take for granted today that a woman could give a public lecture, write something for a newspaper, um, but again, this is edgy for the time. Yes. A woman giving a public lecture to men and women together, to white people and people of color. Um, so uh, one of the the, the taglines that I found um, in doing my own research was quills as weapons. Hmm. Yeah, which yes. I, I really like that. So, um, so educating your donors is, um, again, powerful and, and demonstrating impact. And so, Go Kathy, ahead. what often receives attention, rightfully so, is the actual actions of the Underground Railroad, but funding was needed, whether sure. that was local on the stop points along the way of the Underground Railroad or for expenses at large, and so fundraising was happening to support these efforts. Absolutely. And um, as I said, women were great fundraisers. And a lot of the, the ways that they raised money um, were build, building their pyramid. So small donations, direct solicitations, membership dues, and there were few, uh, like the Tappan Brothers, significant donors, um, but lots of those small gifts adding up. So women would run um, fairs and bazaars, right? The, the, the galas we know mm. of today. Um, sometimes these would go on for a whole week, and they would collect donated items and fair trade items produced um, in Africa in some mm. cases. If things didn't sell, there were networks of these small associations so that if something's left over, they could pass it on to the next town for the next fair. And so donations went to support families who were opening their homes I mean, and putting their families at risk to house people who were along the way. Um, also, women were funding schools throughout the North. So even when laws did not prohibit education of African Americans, it was still not supported by public policy. Mm. And so um, a lots, of school, lots of schools were opened and run and teacher salaries paid. So that's an expense we don't think about, right, in, in the Underground Railroad. And then once the Civil War was over, a lot of funding continued to go through individuals and churches to support newly freed enslaved people throughout the South. Kathy, so. there's so much there that we think about can be applied today and as we plan for tomorrow. Uh, one is you just talked about special events. Yeah. Special events fundraising has been around for right. quite some time and the folks in the Underground Railroad were doing that. Uh, another aspect of this is we often talk about philanthropy, our definition is, you know, voluntary action for the public good. And even though we are at the fundraising school and the action that we want to help teach is the giving of charitable dollars, Actions are, is also volunteering and also advocacy. Mm -hmm. So we see with the Underground mm -hmm. Railroad, certainly volunteering, people weren't being paid to do this work. They right. were volunteering to do this work. And also, quite candidly, the Underground Railroad was civil disobedience. Correct. As you said, this was violating law. This was violating established policy, right. uh, even in the, the northern states where these folks were coming from. And so this is an example of how advocacy is philanthropy that also fuels fundraising. 100%. So in this social movement, we saw all the elements that we learn about from our, the founders of the school and from our scholars, um, advocacy, voice, writing, 
um, lobbying government um, carefully, you mm -hmm. know, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and people died doing this work. Right. So um, in addition to what we think of as more traditional fundraising and philanthropy. So, well, Kathy, thank you so, for these lessons from the Underground Railroad. Uh, is, what, how would you sum this up then for fundraisers I today? would say um, women, mm -hmm. women as powerful fundraisers, donors, volunteers, voice, um, and building your pyramid from the ground up, which, I mean, which we know, um, but it's a, it's a powerful reminder. And the value of storytelling, um, education, impact, educating your donors. So they're, they're all things we know, but really brought into relief um, as we think about how the country is so substantially changed as a result of philanthropy. It, and another important lesson from this, when we think about the Underground Railroad, we think about this huge movement, but as Dr. Boddicher has taught us here again, this started at a very grassroots level, one community at a time, one person at a time, and then built momentum over time. Mm -hmm. And even today, we can often focus on the largest philanthropies and nonprofit organizations like Indiana University or large national and international nonprofits, and they're all very important, making a real difference. But if you're at a medium or smaller size nonprofit, this means you too. You have that opportunity. You're in that local community. You know those people, those causes very personally. You pass the zip code test in a very powerful way. And that's another lesson that we can be inspired from uh, through these lessons about the Underground Railroad. Now, from this podcast, you can see why our master's and doctoral degrees are leadership degrees. These aren't how-tos, how to put together a strategic plan, organize a board, all that, of course, very important. But we challenge you with the big questions, the big topics, ask you to think, put you in some areas of tension to work through some conflicting pieces of information, and it helps you develop as a leader in the philanthropic sector. Dr. Bodcher leads those programs at the master's and doctoral levels for us. If you're interested in the master's degree, which is now available entirely online, so you can earn the degree anywhere in the United States and around the world, information is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. Now, if you throw on a forward slash and the fundraising school, that's where we get into our executive education. 20 different courses, they run two to four days each. Our custom training goes all over the world and can be tailored specifically for your nonprofit. Those trainings can last anywhere from an hour to a half a day to a full week, all sorts of timeframes in between. Uh, we also have quarterly webinars, these free podcasts, again, on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.